You're listening to PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. This is episode 35. This is a special episode for you folks today. I had a conversation with Lilian Bautista, the president of the Philippine Association of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists, or PAYOM, and she's also the director of the Institute of Rehabilitative Sciences Physical Therapy Program in Silliman University. We talked about what an orthopedic manual physical therapist is and what the organization, the PAYOM, is. And lastly, she gave us a, a description of what the physical therapy program in Silliman University have. So, but before that, here's a chance for you to attend the International Virtual Conference of the Philippine Association of Orthopedic Panel Physical Therapists entitled Discover Beyond the Borders for free. So, PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast has teamed up with Future Foundation in sponsoring physical therapists residing in the Philippines for the virtual conference happening on October 17 and 24, 2020. All you need to do is submit an essay, maximum of 300 words, or a 60-second video introducing yourself, your practice location, setting, and experience, and how attending this conference will help you serve your patients, the profession, and your colleagues better. So PT Meal has sponsored two slots, one for an alumnus of the University of Santo Tomas, to give back to my alma mater and another one open to all uh, to give back to the community of course and future foundation has three more slots location-based slots to give out so that's a total of five uh, slots free slots for filipino physical therapists residing in the philippines to to apply for so the application started last september 14 and will last until september 28 philippine time so i in this uh, description of this episode is the link for you to apply so register so here's our episode come take a listen okay and you're back to another episode of pt meal physical therapy podcast your weekly serving of insights and information and inspiration from the experience and expertise of filipino physical therapists i am johan de la paz your host welcome to the show um, in today's conversation, we are going to talk about orthopedic and manual physical therapy. And to help us with the discussion is the current president of the Philippine Association of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists, Dr. Lilian Bautista, uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy. She is also the director of the Institute of Rehabilitative Sciences in uh, Silliman University. So welcome to the show, Lili. Hello, Johan. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to have you here in the show. So uh, before we start our discussion on orthopedic and manual physical therapy, uh, could you give us a little bit of a background, your uh, story on how you started your physical therapy journey to what led you to your current roles now? Okay, well, um, it's a pretty long journey. So I started, I graduated from the University of Santo Tomas in 1994 um, and during that time, everyone pretty much more than 90% migrates to the United States. So I moved to the U.S. after eight months and did my clinical practice there. Uh, and most of my practice were pretty much, it would kind of lead me always back to orthopedics. So mm-hmm. orthopedic and manual therapy. I did, um, you know, delve into like 
skilled nursing, neurological, inpatient, acute rehab, all of that. But my heart just would always go back to orthopedics. So that's where I really kind of spent most of my time. Um, and also, um, I spent pretty much, I think, about 17 to 18 years of my clinical career with Select Medical Corporation. So it's um it's it's like uh, they have a lot of facilities and locations in the United States. So very very good company and very very much supportive on professional development. And that's where we kind of like you know came to be. So whatever you your passion is, they really uh, help you. You know, kind of like uh, achieve your goals. And then now I'm back here. So uh, came back in 2015 okay so um initially really to retire so that was the purpose my husband by the way is also a physical therapist so we were both uh going to retire but i kind of um realized that at that time that okay like you know uh, i kind of didn't want to just you know stay home so i really got involved in a lot of school activities with my children and at that time we we actually started them at Silliman University, and that's how it came to be. I started in PTA, Parent Teacher Association at the elementary school, and that's how I got to meet so many wonderful people from Silliman University. And um, actually, on one conversation with the president of the PTA at that time, she's like, you know, why don't you at least like give your a uh, few hours of your time to the PT department, you know, so you have so much on your belt, why not share it? So so then I'm like, you know what, that's a good idea. I was going to do part-time. So then, you know, that started a conversation with the uh, director at that time, Sir Saiflor Putong. And so then I, I'm like, okay, I would like to apply as a part-time faculty. And I was actually only part-time for a few months. So yeah. uh, I was part-time with a full-time load pretty much, like a you know, things happened at the department. So I was, uh, I helped out with like uh, carrying some of the load of other faculty members. And so, and now I'm here in this position. So. Oh, wow. From thinking about uh, retiring to having a full-time job again. I know. <laughs> it just kind of, you know, pulled me in. So, uh -huh. uh, but I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's like mm -hmm. um, my husband actually, uh, uh, actually, he's got it right because I even in the U.S. I was really a workaholic. I really spent like you know, a lot of time wanting promote specialty practice. Like mm -hmm. I did a lot of program development at the clinic that I managed there. I'm not used to just being kind of laid back and just you know. Uh, so really, pretty much like uh, I was on sabbatical when I moved mm -hmm. to the uh, from the United States. I really uh, didn't do anything for six months, and I read every single book I could read. Like you know, I love historical romance novels. But after a while, I'm like, okay, well, I cannot read like historical romance novels for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> so that's when I kind of really got involved in a lot of like the parent-teacher uh, activities at the elementary school for my children at that time. So, yeah, it was a very, actually, a lot of people find my journey a little interesting. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. And probably a lot of people would uh, find that that even after your your. Uh, clinical journey there's other other avenues that you can go to aside from the the clinical uh, practice of physical therapy so you can go to academe and teach after you're you get uh, probably tired of the clinical setting you can go to teaching and stuff like that yes yes very much so actually um, it has always been my interest even when I was in the United States so I did um, 
special lectures for a couple of schools like uh, in uh, where I was at, like um, that was kind of like North Houston area. But economically, it was basically like, you know, you have to quit your clinical position to teach full time. Mm. And I kind of didn't want to do that either. Uh -huh. So I ended up really doing primarily like, you know, still my clinical uh, position management. And then I did like, um, uh, again, special lectures for a couple of schools in the Houston market. Um, and so that's why when I went to when I went back here in the Philippines, um, I was kind of, actually, I was like kind of still deciding, like when I decided I was going to try to go back um, because my husband and a friend of mine was saying, okay, why not just open a clinic, you know, mm -hmm. like open your yeah. own business. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know why I didn't do that? <laughs> I, because I kind of felt like, you know, why, why open a business? Like, you know, there's so many Filipinos who really should be opening their business. I should be helping out those Filipinos, like open a business, not me opening my own business. Uh -huh. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> it was kind of like a, a weird, uh, I guess like output in life, but, um, so then I'm like, well, I really, really, really enjoyed teaching even in the U.S. And that's why I'm like, I'm going to try the teaching instead of opening my own clinic. Um, and also, secondly, when that opportunity came out, like, you know, I had an offer for this uh, uh, clinic, you know, to kind of open a partnership at a hospital. Mm -hmm. But then I'm kind of thinking that would put me in more work than yeah. what I was doing in the United States, right? Yeah, because uh -huh. it's not very easy to start up a business and then make it profitable and sustainable. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and so at that time with that opportunity was knocking, it wasn't the right time. So it was not what I was looking for. So, uh, so again, the part-time position at Silimon was just perfect. You know, mm -hmm. I could still get in. I really love the parent-teacher association mm -hmm. role, like at the <laughs> elementary school. I kind of uh -huh. didn't want to give that up at that time. Um, so that, and then my part-time job, like, you know, teaching at the PT department, I thought that was a perfect start for me. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Nice. It's an inspiring journey that, like, you, you really, like, if your physical therapy is your passion, you'll find ways to really uh, uh, be in that profession and, and do your practice in any other, in any setting that you can. Yes, yes, definitely. So we're going to talk about, like, orthopedic manual physical therapy. So for those who are not familiar on, on what orthopedic manual physical therapy, can you, can you give us a little uh, background on this? What is orthopedic manual physical therapy? Okay, um, well, pretty much um, orthopedic is like um, a lot of the patients or cases that we see, uh, uh, they, they're dealing with musculoskeletal issues like muscular pain, uh, skeletal pain, and then also it could be neurological. So neurological that would, you know, present with musculoskeletal conditions. Now, um, manual therapy is kind of like uh, basically like, you know, uh, it could be the use of certain tools, use of your hands to do certain maneuvers. So there's many, many uh, umbrella under manual therapy. So you have your manipulation, your mobilization, your muscle energy techniques. Um, actually, even like, you know, your like soft tissue mobilization are all under manual therapy. So um, that's why there's um, sometimes there's conflicting definition on who's more superior okay uh what what treatment or what technique is more superior over the other mm -hmm. um and 
we are trying to educate people that uh, in manual therapy, your approach has to be fairly eclectic, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, it, it cannot just be like, you know, this manipulation is way, way superior than, you know, this kind of like, let's say soft tissue mobilization. So you right. kind of have to look at your patient. Uh, what are, you know, the problems? Like what are the goals that you would like to achieve? So it could be a combination. So, um, and one really, really major thing that drew me uh, into manual therapy compared to like your typical, what they call passive modalities, mm -hmm. like your um, meaning your ultrasound, electrical stimulation and such, mm -hmm. because in manual therapy, you are really, really able to apply your skills and you have a direct contact. You have a direct contact with your patients. Um, and I really truly experience that like that the touch the touch mm -hmm. can really do a it can bring a long way you could even just touch the neck of a patient and it could already like you know give them some sort of relief mm -hmm. right so like you know you have your uh, muscle energy technique so i i think there are they all have their own um uh, benefits so you kind of mm -hmm. have to figure out what you would like and Manual therapy is also not very restrictive because mm -hmm. they could be, let's say, doing an exercise um, and then you can incorporate manual therapy to promote it. So like, let's say you have a shoulder dysfunction and they're not able to move their arm up into flexion, like, you know, mm -hmm. raising the arm up. Um, to relieve some of that pain, you can do a distraction while they're doing an exercise of arm elevation. So right. it's a very, very interesting uh, field to get into because again, it's very, it's it's big enough and it's very much specific to the mm -hmm. issue that uh, that you're trying to treat. It's an experience that a lot of therapists would have, like you know, post treatment because uh, the effect is also immediate. Mm -hmm. And actually, long lasting. So it does. It's not a very. It, it doesn't give them like short term effect. Mm -hmm. So it's it's more of it's more hands on. because historically, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the 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 early physical therapists are are more of using their hands as their tools. It's just like the our our profession evolved later on to like including more function, more exercise. But or historically, our the original physical therapists used their hands in treatment of, of, of their patients. And, and you know, actually, uh, if you look at some pictures, whenever we look at history of manual therapy, it goes all the way back to the time of Hippocrates, mm. right? Whenever they're trying to tie people and then one person pulling the other person. <laughs> Track that's them. already a manual therapy. Like, uh -huh. you know, the time of Galen. Like the, it's like all of those things that they're doing when they were tying people upside down for spinal deformity. Like back then, they didn't know what it was called, like scoliosis, right? Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, for these people with like spinal uh, misalignment, they would tie them upside down. They would, mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, so it's not new. It's mm -hmm. actually been even before Christ. It's been there, so... Mm -hmm. Right, right. So you mentioned that you were when you were here in the U.S. that you were some most of your patients patient load was in orthopedic uh, manual physical therapy. So what was your like light bulb moment or your like uh, thought process when you discovered that this is the area that I want like specialize on or this is where I'm most interested in? I would say that would have been like, uh, I'm not exactly sure on the year, but that was yeah. around maybe three to four years into orthopedic. Mm -hmm. I was uh, 
and this was a very very uh it's a, actually an excellent question no because i just like anybody i really got burned out Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like I really kind of didn't want to go to work. It's like I I was burned out. So, mm-hmm. but then I so I left the company, and it was very easy anyway to find jobs back then. Um, and so I, you know, kind of like touch a little bit on home health, skilled nursing, acute care. So, like I wanted to try all of them. Mm-hmm. And after six months, that's when I realized I'm like, okay, I'm not really happy here, no. Uh-huh. So I really miss my patient. I miss like, you know, my, because a lot of orthopedic patients, they're in a lot of pain. They are, uh, they have functional limitation, but they are, uh, you can really communicate with them and you really could really get into like, you know, the tiny little details of like, you know, their problem. So, Mm -hmm. and I miss that. So actually after six months, I came back and that is actually when my whole career changed. Um, Because when I came back, I... And I exactly know it's six months. I just cannot remember the year uh, because that was when my boss, my previous boss, actually, uh, Lenny Olfindo. So she <laughs> she called me and so she was like, uh, so are you ready to come back? I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so apparently she did not fully terminate my paperwork. No, like oh, so okay. she, I was not fully. I know. That was like really very interesting. So. Uh, I wasn't fully terminated, so then I really was able to get my tenure and all that, like, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, and because I think I came back sooner than a year, so maybe mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons too, but when I came back, that was the time that I really spent a lot of time, like, okay, I, this is something that I really love, so I really need to do something. Okay, like progress myself, promote myself. Because again, in the beginning, I was just going through the routine, you know, doing my hot pack, the tents and the ultrasound and exercises. No, so patients are getting better. They they will get better from these things. But then I'm kind of like, there has to be something that I could do to make them better sooner. Mm -hmm. Okay, sooner, faster. And I got to meet like a lot of interesting people through the years. So then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start doing like all this manual therapy stuff. So I started attending a lot of different courses like mobilization, uh, exercise prescriptions, uh, strain counter strain, even did craniosacral therapy. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of those things. So then I'm like, okay, so then I kind of got a little bit and bits and pieces of like the various techniques and I got to develop my own mm-hmm. you know because like again just like what I said in the beginning uh, each technique have their own little kind of perks mm-hmm. you know so I so I really for me as a manual therapist I would not really say that I am just a manipulation therapist I don't mm-hmm. just do manipulation mm-hmm. so I might even have a patient that I might just do soft tissue mobilization mm-hmm. I might have a patient I might just do some let's say, muscle energy technique. So things like that. So it would be uh, dependent upon what I would kind of think would benefit the patient, uh, you know, at that point. So, but that, that was the, really the start of it. So after mm-hmm. that, like, you know, I went full on board with progressing myself and kind of really loving the profession of orthopedics, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in the manual therapy world. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So aside from, <laughs> you mentioned uh, earlier that, the main thing that you like about um, orthopedic manual physical therapy, it's more hands-on. Aside from that, what else do you like about that, uh, that, that field, that specialty? 
Um, one thing that I really, 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 really loved about it, and I mean, people will have to try it to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, from my initial average visits of 10 to 12 visits per encounter, per engagement or per mm-hmm. patient, it really cut my treatment down to maybe four to six, max of mm-hmm. six. Uh-huh. So if I'm not achieving anything at six, then it means I got it wrong. Okay, oh. so meaning during my evaluation, I you know, I have to reassess myself. Like, you know, I, I need to look at that patient again. Cause, because if I got it right the first time around, it's maybe four, your patients are already going to be uh, feeling better and then you can decrease them to once a week home exercise program. And so patients that I was seeing before for two to three months, really probably uh, three or four weeks would already be long, except for your post-op cases, of course. Those would be like a little longer. But if you're dealing with mechanical uh, issues only, like, you know, your, your lower back pain, your neck pain, your uh, cervical degeneration, I mean, it, it's really amazing. So again, um, that's why even with our students here, I kind of really, really encourage them to uh, try various things, you know, not really to sell manual therapy. I want them to, to see it for themselves, right. you know, give it a chance, like, you know, try different techniques and then see where it leads them. Right, right. I, I love what you said about cutting uh, the uh, time you spent or the, the sessions that you're giving with your patients when you're applying uh, manual therapy techniques. What would you say to people who would say that manual therapy would um, would create dependence on patients? Yes, so that's actually where physical therapists, because uh, there's many different fields that would do manual therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't mention the other field. Those are actually very passive. Uh, mm-hmm. With manual, with manual physical therapists, that's mm-hmm. kind of like you know the keyword there. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, we might just do passive treatment for the first couple of visits. Mm -hmm. But just I mentioned in the beginning, there is always going to be towards progression, towards functional movement. Okay. Okay? So people would be exercising. And then you might still be doing manual therapy while they're doing exercises. But this time in conjunction with active uh, functional activities or exercises. And then you start kind of weaning them off, like, you know, towards like, you know, independence Mm -hmm. so again as i've said if i'm still doing manual treatment passive manual treatment at six visits then it means i got it wrong Mm -hmm. because at that by the third visit the patient should already be kind of building independence where they can carry on on their own Mm -hmm. so um that's a very very important you know key factor so again i truly believe in you know when they say physical therapists are movement specialists right Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is what that's what makes physical therapists special because uh, manual therapy to be honest can be done by other professionals right so not just pt so there's Mm -hmm. many many different fields out there that could do the same even rehabilitation medicine doctors can do manual therapy Mm -hmm. okay so uh it is not exclusive to one Mm -hmm. profession only okay so but what is special about pt is like the incorporation of functional training Mm -hmm. with the manual treatment that will lead to independence of the patient i like that so aside from uh that lesson that you've learned what else have you learned with applying uh manual physical therapy techniques to your patients well, one thing that um, the reason why patients love it and mm-hmm. um, it will actually first and foremost, it will improve your patient compliance. Mm-hmm. So um, from 
uh, what they call a cancel no-show rate of like 15 to 20 percent. I, I honestly, you know, could tell you that you could decrease it to under 10 percent cancellation oh, wow. rate. Mm -hmm. uh, patients totally love that uh, personal touch, okay, mm -hmm. of the therapist. So, and that's when you're creating your rapport, right? The first right. couple of visits. Um, so typically, like, you know, they start kind of like, you know, developing that relationship with you with that simple touch. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, actually, it might even be just be a couple of minutes, you know, worth of touching. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then, you know, they, they're done, but it, it really kind of speaks a lot of uh, volumes, right? Speaks a mm -hmm. lot of words. Um, and then after you get your patient rapport in like your two to three visits, you don't necessarily have to keep on doing the same treatment by the fourth and the fifth visit because by then you would already have created your patient rapport. Right. Then they really would trust you, okay? They would already trust you that like, you know, when you say, mom, I think it's time for you to start doing more standing exercises and less of this like laying down stuff that we do on the bed, mm -hmm. no? And typically you would not get anybody arguing their point okay so once you get their trust their rapport their you know like they know that what you're doing for them is what they need um there won't be a question of like you know um of anything like that because again uh, and that starts with this a simple manual therapy a simple touch so mm -hmm. okay right i totally agree yeah the patients would really love that that personal approach to them then once they see the results in the mm -hmm. first few first few visits, then they become more compliant. I agree with that. That's great. So um, let's talk about now um, the, the Philippine Association of uh, Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapy. Can you tell us more about this organization, uh, this special interest group of the PPTA? Okay, um, this one, I believe, uh, from the history itself, it started like, you know, way, way back before I started, uh, before I joined them. I joined them around like late 2015, early 2016. So mm -hmm. I think it started with, uh, a, like, we have like our founding members, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's like, you know, four, actually, they are all fellow in orthopedic manual therapy and from the United States. So I mm -hmm. guess they kind of got together. They got to know each other from conferences and they decided, okay, why don't we kind of bring something back, you know, open mm -hmm. a, create a group that would like, you know, uh, uh, promote specialty practice, particularly orthopedic manual therapy in the Philippines. Um, and so then their journey started actually. So it's very interesting. So uh, they got their uh, SEC certificate and then they um, also received like uh, the endorsement of the Philippine Physical Therapy Association to become a SIG mm -hmm. um, and then after that they started looking for people because they were all working in the United States so it was kind of difficult for them to I guess implement mm -hmm. a lot of the things here if they're not really here all the time right. so I think um, so they have a very very wonderful vision so then they started like you know contacting people that they could communicate with and I got called by one of the founding member actually I really did out of nowhere he was like emailing me um, but I I think he got his my name from one of my classmates okay mm -hmm. Jane and Jane was like I think Lily already moved back to the Philippines maybe you can kind of touch base with her and she was in manual therapy whenever she was here in the US mm -hmm. um, and so that's when you know it, it all started and now we have really really grown and I think from that time, that was only, uh, again, I would say early 2016, and this is only 2020. So in a short period of time, we really, I think, are able to 
name brand. Okay, mm-hmm. so a lot of people know about Payom now. So when right. you, you know, like when you mention the word Payom, they're like, ah, okay. So mm-hmm. so it, it was very very. It, it, it's an excellent thing that was you know that we did the past four years, and I think I'm very very proud of that to be part of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only me, we we do have a lot like all our board of officers right now actually have been, uh, you know, they have joined us through this journey. Some of them have been with us in the beginning since mm-hmm. 2016. Some of them wow. 2017 and. And this is purely voluntary in nature, actually. So uh, we don't get any kind of like, you know, monthly honorarium, not even a communication mm-hmm. honorarium yeah. or anything like that. So I, I think it's just like, you know, just again, giving back to the community. Actually, our Yule uh, Hontilia, so I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was like mm-hmm. our past president. I think he spends more money, like, you know, uh, for the organization than getting something back from it. So uh so he really, really, really uh, put a lot of time and effort. Uh, so him specifically, and uh, Andre Altabals was a part of the founding member, but now he has focused more on the clinical component and the training component for the manual therapist. Mm, I see. Right. So, uh, what is the what is the the goal of Payup in in like as an organization? Well, the main goal is mm. like uh, really we would like to hopefully uh, put together the various manual therapy groups in the Philippines mm-hmm. um, because the, we have so many, mm-hmm. okay? We have so many different principles, different uh, variety of like, you know, techniques. And mm-hmm. of course, we don't know every single technique, no? So, but what we would like is like, you know, hopefully bring it all together and then bring the best out of everyone's technique. And then we would like also hopefully recognition, okay? So we have many physical therapists in the Philippines who have gone through various trainings, like mm-hmm. um, they've spent a lot of money, time, effort, right? right. Um, and and they are, uh, of course, they're recognized in their own little group, in their field, but um, it has to mean something. So meaning if I tell a patient, oh, this person is a certified or in orthopedic manual therapy, we would like for the patient to know, oh, okay. So that means that that person went through a lot of training and uh, over, let's say, therapist B who, you know, did not attend any kind of like, you know, courses. So Mm -hmm. there has to be some sort of recognition for those Mm -hmm. who really, really promoted themselves to or better themselves. Mm -hmm. And we we, we would like that. We would like for the people to get that, you know, uh, recognition in the specialty field that they have chosen. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, Um, And then also we have a lot of like uh, various objectives. Like uh, we um, are actually in little ways we are like doing collaborations. Like we have a, a, what they call this, a close group, okay? Uh A private group in Facebook wherein people could actually post questions, clinical. So, you know, they can um, ask any uh, of the specialists, especially like uh, from the United States, uh, Australia. So various Canada. we would also we also have like um, webinars, you know, mm-hmm. for our members, uh, article uh, sharing for like evidence-based practice, um, and we have actually a lot of like other plans in the making that we're kind of you know hoping to achieve. Mm-hmm. Okay, aside from the clinical component. That's awesome. Um, I've I've talked to uh, uh, Sir Mike Gabilo, the the president of. Uh, PPTA, and we discussed that that 
one of the thrusts now of the profession in the Philippines is going towards the specialization. So is that also one of uh, the, the, the thrust of the organization to like really set up um, like a hub for like specializing in orthopedic and manual physical therapy? Ah, uh, yes, yes. So that's actually the one of the primary thrust. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, we have we have realized also that there's already um, a lot of various techniques being applied in the Philippines, but lacking on the manipulation and the mobilization component. So that's mm-hmm. actually for the past few years, that's our main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's already many, many courses on soft tissue um, and other techniques, uh, but not a whole lot on mm-hmm. man- mobilization and manipulation. So that is like, you know, primarily what we're focusing on right now. Um, because in manual therapy, uh, there's also, again, as I've said in the beginning, there's a lot of various fields under the manual therapy right. Uh, realm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for now, yes, our main th- thing is like uh, more on uh, the joint manip mm-hmm. and the joint mold. So it, the, the group sounds awesome. So how can uh, Filipino physical therapists join the group? Um, very actually very very easy so um, we do have membership fees mm-hmm. um, it's 600 pesos for three years renewable mm-hmm. um, now we also have what they call a benefactor rate which is a hundred dollars these are for people living outside of the Philippines the, fi- the 600 pesos is only for those Filipino residents okay mm-hmm. for those who are here um, now it's unusual. We've been asked, you know, why is it that a SIG has a membership fee? No, mm-hmm. um, Because our group is also special in such a way that we are um, a registered interest group of the mm-hmm. International Federation of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapy. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those who are familiar with uh, in orthopedic manual therapy, that is uh, pretty much the governing body in all uh, all across the board, okay, mm-hmm. Canada, Europe. So they all go under the IFOM, okay, mm-hmm. commonly called the IFOM. Um, so that one to be a rig, there's actually a yearly membership that we pay. What uh, that we pay? It's about mm-hmm. uh, twenty-seven to twenty-eight thousand pesos per year. Oh. Um, and then also we are planning, now this is going to be a big cost. That's why we're hoping that uh, people would attend this conference because this is a big uh, fundraising event for us. Um, because what in, in the works is like what they call a member organization. Okay, mm-hmm. so that is also through IFOM. In Asia, there's only two right now, Japan and Hong Kong. Okay, mm-hmm. to be a member organization, it means that those who goes through uh, training or certificate or diploma courses can carry the title of the orthopedic manual therapy and be recognized around the world. Oh, so meaning wow. if you let it, so like let's say for in the United States, it's called. Uh, American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapy. So they have like a fellowship, F-A-A-O-M-P-T. Yes. In the Philippines, it would be Philippine P-A-A-O-M-P-T. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you carry that name uh, or that title and uh, Payom becomes a member organization of IFOM, it means that that would be recognized in any member organization of IFOM, Canada, United mm-hmm. States, so they would know that. Now that does not come uh, without a cost. Okay, right, so right. the application itself is is like I think it's close to a thousand dollars, and then 
to maintain yearly, I, it's like $2,000, okay. I believe, or more. Close to $3,000. And so it's really very expensive, but we really, really, um, again, with our thrust, we really want recognition for our Filipino physical therapists who are going into specialty practice of orthopedic manual therapy. So to, to get it recognized by, mm-hmm. by their colleagues, like, you know, from all around the world. So it's a big cause, but we're kind of hoping that with our uh, conferences and we have like other plans in play for fundraising to sustain that. So, and then plus our membership as well. Right. And we mentioned the, uh, one of your uh, ways to raise funds is the, uh, your conferences. And we, you have a conference coming up in October 17 and 24, an international virtual summit that it's titled Discover Beyond the Borders. So, could you tell us more about this conference? Yes, yes, it's, uh, we're very excited about it. Um, initially, we were not, uh, we have announced that we were not going to have a conference this year because we were, as a group, we were going to attend the IFOM conference in Australia, mm-hmm. but then COVID happened. So right. that all got canceled, of course. But then, so we're like, well, why, why would we skip a year since we're not really doing any kind of uh, activity for PayOM for this mm-hmm. year? So this is, this is when the idea came about. And mm-hmm. um. It was actually a little short notice because we just kind of discussed that sometime in July. But thankfully, we have many, many speakers who actually like no one declined. Everyone accepted the invitation to speak at the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would have speakers from U.S., the Philippines, and Indonesia. Wow. Um, so we kind of like the theme that kind of came about discovered beyond the border because that is one thing that I've been telling everyone, like, you know, since this COVID-19 thing happened, we always kind of had this idea that, you know, we have to travel to go to Australia to attend a, a top-notch seminar. Mm-hmm. But with COVID, we realized that, you know, what, we can actually put everything together via Zoom, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh and as long as we have, like, you know, hopefully a very stable Wi-Fi, then maybe it might kind of work out. Um, and then the cost is very small. So we don't have to pay for so much travel for the speakers. We don't have to for hotels and food. So the registration is very, very reasonable. Um, and then second, also a lot more people should be able to attend um, because they don't have to travel to the Philippines. So we actually have some people already who registered from uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, the United States, and of course, a lot of participants from the Philippines. But we're hoping to get more. So I hope people would sign up. Mm-hmm. So how can people sign up and join and register in this uh, virtual summit? Okay, um, they can just uh, search for us in Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Philippine Association of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists, uh, or PayOM, they'll pop up. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like, you know, tons of postings there. Uh, and there's just a link. It's very easy. So you click on the link. Um, the link will give you the different options to pay. Uh, we have increased like uh, our ability to pay online. So BDO, Gcash. So we have oh, like, you know, okay. options there that you guys can can uh, avail of. And then, you know, pay and then upload your receipt, fill out the form. And then that, that's it. So and then later on, we'll just send you the link. Uh, and then more information like uh, the the PowerPoint presentations and such like that would probably come sometime in October. For, for everyone who's uh, listening, uh, join, register in this virtual summit. I'm sure that you're going to learn a lot from the eight speakers, international speakers that you're going to listen to. So join, uh, look for the Facebook page in uh, Payong Philippine Association of uh, 
orthopedic manual physical therapist all the the details are there and i'm going to also attach it in in a link in in my page as well uh i won't let you go yet uh not asking you on um how's the physical therapy program there in Silliman university tell us could you tell us more about your the pt program there and how is it unique because last like last august 2019 you had like the 91% passing rate. So what is unique about the, the PT program of Suleiman University? Okay, um, I, I think generally uh, or traditionally, it has always been a very uh, strong program. So mm-hmm. um, our passing rate has always been in the, between the 85 to the high 90s range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just that the recognition is not there because our what they call this, our board examinee, number of examinees are always under 30. Mm-hmm. So so PRC always just kind of recognizes like the schools that has more examinees. Okay. Right. So, which I hope that would change because, mm-hmm. um, it, it, because it should not be based upon the number of, you know, like students that took the exam for the year. So it should be the actual percentage of the passing for schools. Um, right. But um, the last year, uh, we actually got top four because we had more than I think 30 35 examinees so we were mm-hmm. able to qualify for that yeah. but um, again I'm proud to say that Suleiman has always been um, very high up on the percentage of uh, passing rate mm-hmm. uh, it's just that we are not able to reach the cutoff like based on the ranking of uh, PRC mm-hmm. now um, what makes it special I think mm-hmm. because um, our faculty members are have been here for a while mm-hmm. so the turnover rate is very very low. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as you kind of, um, as Siliman is able to keep their faculty members, then, you know, people kind of learn from their job, right? You learn right, how right. to kind of improve yourself, your instructional design, your learning outcomes. And so that's really, really important. So if you have a lower turnover, then typically it will carry on to like the actual productivity or the outcome of your job. So I think that's one thing. So the faculty mm-hmm. have been uh, pretty steady and stable mm-hmm. so for as long as i can remember actually uh-huh. um and then actually i'm the newbie here so oh. all of them have been here yeah <laughs> all of them have been here for if i'm not mistaken like you know at least like close to eight ten years then the new was one wow um and then the others are like 15 20 years something like mm-hmm. that um i could mm-hmm. be wrong but i'm sure uh, all of them have been here before me mm-hmm. um and then we also have uh, what they call laboratory preceptors who we work with. They are um, graduates of physical therapy. And um, one thing that's special about Siliman also is they really are very, very focused on, I know it's kind of sometimes it's restricting, but I can see the value of it. Um, they really would like all of their full-time faculty members to have a master's degree or enrolled mm-hmm. in master's program. So it makes mm-hmm. it difficult for us to hire people, mm-hmm. but I think it's got a, a plus if mm-hmm. your faculty members are a little bit more advanced in like, you know, postgraduate education. So Right. So there, yeah. Faculty and uh, faculty, mastery of the faculty. That's great. So um, thank you again, uh, Lily, for uh, spending time with us and, and uh, having this conversation about orthopedic manual physical therapy and also giving us a glimpse of the physical therapy program in Silliman University. So I just have uh, three last bites, three last questions for you. So 
for for new grads or or student students or someone who is uh, interested in the field of orthopedic manual physical therapy, what advice can you give them? All right, um, just like what I've said to a lot of like um other alumni here and even the undergraduates, our students here, um, I really think that they have first and foremost they have to try and get involved in it, mm-hmm. um. It's, uh, it's better to experience the outcome rather than read about it because then it will get you more engaged in like, you know, the field of orthopedic manual therapy because there is nothing better than feeling that like, you know, kind of wonder mm-hmm. that you made a change and like, and this is not just talk, okay? Mm-hmm. It really does happen. Uh, like meaning, you know, you have someone with, uh, let's say a low back pain, they can hardly walk. You know, mm-hmm. they are walking with their umbrella. You know, they mm-hmm. got your Lola holding an umbrella and they, they're stiff, they, they're stooped forward, they cannot walk. And then in like two weeks, you know, all they can do is like, thank you. Like, you know, what did you do? It's kind of like such a miracle that, you know, this thing, you know, happened to them that, you know, the doctor told them they're going to need surgery. Mm-hmm. They have spent a lot of money in like doc- diagnostic testing. And yet, like, you know, you're able to make a change. And so I think. I think if there is interest, mm-hmm. um, you have to try it, not just say that you like to. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I am kind of more I believe in doing things rather than just saying it. Because saying just saying it, it means it would not happen or it didn't happen. It, it's really an amazing field. I mean, you could have someone, you know, who cannot move their hip and mm-hmm. then in just one visit, you know, they can't. Mm-hmm. And then they can stand straight. And they're like, what did you just do? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So some of them, it's kind of hard to explain to the patient uh, on the biomechanics and physiology. So mm-hmm. for them, it's just magic. Okay. <laughs> but Correct. for you, you know, but for you, it's something that, you know, like you're really, really proud of because you're able to apply what you have learned and you actually see it firsthand. And that is actually what drives people. That is what will motivate people to better themselves and push forward and continue to do it because they have seen that one patient. And then you're like, I want to see more of that. Mm, okay. Right. So it's really, really a, a, an amazing uh, feeling and amazing field to, to try and get into. So I really, really would like to encourage those who have interest mm-hmm. to really get in there, try it and do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it because, you know, if you don't do it on the patient, then you will never get that experience and you'll never see it. So. Right. And, and you want, if you want to learn more from, from uh, the best uh Join Payump as well, and you're gonna meet uh, uh, Doc Lily and, and the and the uh, wonderful people in Payump. So um, my second question is: as uh, as an orthopedic manual physical therapist, what are usual what are the usual uh, stuff in your toolbox uh, that you carry? What what techniques do you usually uh, like go to? Um. With me, my very, very first thing is always just simple oscillation. So we don't really need a whole lot of like, you know, thinking. So um, our main goal whenever a patient comes into us is to relieve some of their pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So most, if not all people will come to therapy because of pain, right? So, and actually not just therapy, like maybe uh, any medical professional, it's just something, something is not right with their body. So in orthopedic manual therapy, so if you can at least relieve some of that pain, 
um, you already got it. Okay, mm -hmm. so you already got the patient. So they would be more than happy to return to you. So uh, my very, very first go-to treatment, almost always, I would never kind of um, uh, probably have a patient leave the first visit without having to do at least a simple distraction, mm -hmm. okay, or a simple oscillation on the joint. That's my first one. Because some of them are in a lot of pain, I would not manipulate like right away unless they are predictors. There are predictors that would kind of show that they might benefit from it. But personally, though, I don't kind of do the heavy maneuvers for mm. people who are in a lot of pain because it scares them too, right? Right, right. So, so for, for me, it's just like a slow, like, you know, gentle oscillation, distraction, and mm. that already relieves, you know, some of the pain, just kind of working on some of the mechanoreceptors of the joint. And that kind of brings me a long way after that first visit. Right. And that's, I think that's something, correct me if I'm right, it's something that you, you uh, learn from experience what, like, what would be your, like, go-to technique for your patients. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, um, yes. And then you would kind of later, that's why the more you practice, then the more you'll kind of, you know, the, the easier it will become for you because then you're like, you know what, I'm going to try it for this type of patient because you see so many different diagnoses, so many different signs and symptoms. Then you kind of have an idea on what would work for certain things. Um, and also, aside from that, my major toolbox, which I forgot to mention, not only the manual therapy component, but patient education. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I totally, totally believe in that. Um, sometimes a patient might not even be a candidate for uh, even mobilization or oscillation because they're just so guarded they don't want mm -hmm. you to touch them um so i would start on patient education okay mm -hmm. uh telling them the, the the biomechanics the physiology on how and why it would get better okay mm -hmm. that it's not the end of the line for them that they would not be forever hunched over they would not be forever limping no so right. there is nothing like that because worse comes to worse even if nothing gets better i mean there's always going to be a medical treatment for their condition so mm -hmm. i think uh like appeasing them like you know talking to to them it's very very important they need to know what's going on with them so they can move forward and they can be part of the treatment plan versus being a passive observer. So if they know more, it empowers them. Mm, I, I love what you said about that. Because sometimes we, we tend to forget the, the, the essential phys, uh, patient education part. And that's where patients mm -hmm. depend, learn to depend on us if they, we forget to empower them on their conditions. That, I, I like what you said. Mm -hmm. So lastly, my um, yes. third question is, uh, the show is uh, called PT Meal. It's a complete meal of like inspiration and information for physical therapists. But uh, my uh, my question is, what is the three ingredients that make up Lilian Bautista? Uh, it may be like uh, your value, your philosophy, your your uh, experience. So, what are the three stuff or the three truths that make up Lily Bautista? Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. The very first, very, 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 very first thing that comes to mind that makes up Lily Bautista is my husband. Mm -hmm. I think he would be my number one. Uh, he has, has been my primary supporter in all of this. And so I, I think he's just like, uh, I'm so very, very lucky to have uh, a husband like him. Okay, mm -hmm. so his name actually is Ruben. Mm -hmm. um, and he has been there for me and always been supportive. There's, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, rocky things along the way, but he's my number one. I think without him, you know, like uh, 
I don't I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would not imagine Lily without him. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, my second one would be probably self-motivation. Mm-hmm. Once, um, once I get to thinking of something and I have a goal, mm-hmm. I really won't stop until I meet that goal because oh. it drives me crazy. I have to set it myself. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, that is one thing. I'm kind of a little hard-headed. So if somebody's like, you know, telling me to do whatever and it's not my own goal, then I really would not waste my time on certain things. Okay, mm-hmm. but if it's a goal that I set myself, then uh, I think I could kind of like uh, that is one thing. I really mm-hmm. go push forward and try to achieve, uh, you know, that goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the third one would be I would say all the people around me. Okay, mm-hmm. because we cannot uh, exist on our own. Right. Okay, so we will not achieve success. Like personally, like let's say family, like, you know, my parents, my children. So that's the personal component of people around me. And then the community around us, like the students, the teachers, the, the staff members, the administrators. So um, even the PPTA, the, you know, all of these people, wonderful people that I have met along the way. So they all made me, mm-hmm. okay, because without them, then I would probably not be where I am at right now. So, mm-hmm. Right, your your husband being self motivated and goal directed, and the and, people around you, and the community. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Nice. Again, thank you very much, Dili, for your time. And again, for those who are listening or watching this, register for the uh, in, uh, upcoming international virtual summit, Discover Beyond the Borders, that's happening on October seventeen and 24, 2020. I'm gonna include the link for their page in the payom so that you can register. So as a, a closing, uh, uh, as a takeaway, you pabao natin sa mga listeners, uh, what would you want the, the listeners to take away from our episode today? Okay, well, first and foremost, just would like to thank you, Johan, for inviting me to, uh, to this meeting. So I hope like uh, that I'm able to kind of share some of my experiences. And uh, to take away, I really kind of would like to encourage uh, not only Filipino physical therapists, I guess like, you know, any professional, but, you know, primarily Filipino physical therapists because that's my interest, um, mm-hmm. to really push yourself. Uh, don't just accept like the status quo, right. okay? So because um, the status quo will actually pull you down, okay? So it will uh, result to dissatisfaction, unhappiness, like, you know, a, a lot of things could happen, okay, with that. Um, but if you forge ahead, you're always like moving forward and you set personal goals for yourself, personal, professional, whatever that might be, you always have something to look forward to. So I think that's really, really important because there's always the tomorrow, Okay, the going back is always kind of difficult, right? So uh, we should not always go back to the past uh, because we can never go back to the past, but we can always go to the tomorrow. So I really, really would encourage people to always move forward. Like look at yourself tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now, where do you see yourself? And, um, and work on that, okay? Try to achieve those goals. Right, powerful, powerful. Again, thank yeah. you very much, Lily. Uh, and uh, good luck to the, the summit. 
Okay, thank you so much. I, thank you so much for plugging our uh, uh, conference. So hopefully people can attend. So again, very easy to register. Um, GCash is very accessible now, video online or account transfers. Uh, being applied for CPD already. So it's really, really way uh, lower than the usual cost. And it's actually an international conference. So for those who really need it for their job, like, you know, for schools, you know, there's a requirement for Chad, right, to attend right. some of these big conferences. Uh, this is really something that I'm pretty sure your job would, uh, or your university would approve for you to attend because it's very low cost uh, with regards to uh, the fees and then like no, no need for travel. So I do hope that we see everyone um, uh, at the conference. Thank there. you so much. Thank you. So thank you for listening. So again, for a chance for you to attend the International Virtual Conference of the Philippine Association of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists entitled Discover Beyond the Borders for free. All you need to do is submit an essay, maximum of 300 words, or submit a 60-second video introducing yourself, your practice location, setting and experience, and how attending the conference will serve to help you serve your patients, your profession, and your colleagues. So the application started last September 14, 2020 and will last until September 28, 2020, Philippine time. So the link would be attached to this episode and uh, I'll see you next week for another episode of PD Meal Physical Therapy Podcast.